0: Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm Dave, and we're the hosts of the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, where we bring you stories that delve into the science and spirit behind intriguing people doing extraordinary things.
1: Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. This week, it's episode 55. This week, we're talking to the innovators and entrepreneurs that make our sport what it is. We are talking to Dave Dombrow and Kevin Fallon from Speedland. Now, Speedland is a really cool new company that's basically building the Ferrari of trail runners. Um, Trail runners, you you end up having Nike, you got New Balance doing great stuff, Ultra, Hoka. I mean, how do you argue argue with Jim Walmsley last weekend at Western States? But um, you know what? There's always room for improvement. And I can't can't wait to talk to these guys about really what they're doing to improve shoes and performance, longevity, all the things uh, that are important in our sport. Can't wait to talk to these guys. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, so the dynamic duo—I guess we'll call you guys, right? Um, yeah, it's—it's uh, it's sort of we need at least two if we're going to compete with those uh, those big guys who have a few more.
2: Um, That's right. We've been called worse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what what we love about you know the year and this, so I was thinking fifty five, maybe run fifty five miles tomorrow, Dave. There we go. You know, uh, but uh, is sort of the origin story. I know you guys have been in the running industry for quite some time, but I have to imagine when you chose it somewhat as a career, you know, 20 some odd years ago, that there was some kind of running in your life because, you know, you probably did it in high school or college or something that inspired you to get into the industry. Um, We'd love to hear sort of even the, you know, we'll get to Speedland in a minute, but before that, you know, what was it that, got you guys, uh, interested in running in general.
2: Okay. Well, this is Dave. Uh, <laughs> I can go way back. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I did run, uh, you know, as a, at a young age, middle school, high school, all that. And, um, I think what footwear design, what it allowed us to do is kind of mix our passions, uh, running being one of them with design and kind of, uh, you know, you make, make your career your passion. Right. And that from an early age, um, you know, I was always doing, doing things like running or other athletics as well, but, um, I was also a builder, um, as was Kevin and he can talk about that, but, and, uh, you know, when I say builder, I guess you could say tinkerer, you could say, you know, always tearing things apart and building them back together. And this idea that you could kind of fuse, maybe that, uh, that set with, um, interest in athletics and bring it together is, you know, probably what I guess somehow, uh, you know, got me into footwear design, um, on a, on a very macro level. So I won't speak for Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, running's had a, an interesting role in my life for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm no big time runner at all. I did run track and field in high school and the 400 and 800 wasn't particularly good. Um, but um, my parents were were big runners. My mom, in particular, she's run fifty five marathons, something in her life, and you know three twenty, I think, PR or something. She she was pretty oh, fast, gosh. and so I was I was at races a ton as a kid, middle schooler, mm-hmm. just right around the culture, and um, you know even more so. I would say I, I grew up in Minnesota, so the outdoors were just a big part of of my upbringing as well. I was I, I went to a a YMCA camp called Minogin. I was in the um, boundary waters of, of Minnesota every summer. And each trip would get a little longer and a little longer. So, you know, pretty soon I was spending 30, 40 days, you know, camping outdoors uh, every summer. So, you know, that kind of love of the outdoors and, and, and running, I guess, were, were themes that, that carried me throughout. And I, you know, have always run casually, but not, again, not a big runner, but solving the problems for runners, you know, is, is throughout my career. Uh, running, sprinting, going faster, you know, those are the big nuggets to solve it. And, and I think like Dave, that's what really attracted me to the the footwear business is, um, you know, you're sort of solving these, these problems that help help athletes in these amazing endeavors. And, and so to feel connected to that was just, a um, something that's never gotten old and, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I still have a huge passion for, so, uh, I didn't know that going into the career, but it, it's, it's sure, uh, turned out to be a great mix of things that i loved growing up and when we had a choice to do this our own way we were sure gonna do it in a zone that uh, of things that we cared about
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so so guys solving problems for runners like i think that you know runners you know, you know you know the 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 old you know running kicks we used to call them you know 10 20 30 40 50 years ago um <sighs> you know, they've really really changed and adapted throughout the years and we saw these these certain trends and we saw these adaptations and all these different things with runners and and so, you know, I was I was looking at your your resumes, and you guys were, were designing your 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 leading design teams with Nike and, and Under Armour and, and Puma over the last many many years. Um. So so tell us a little bit about those experiences, about you know those design, you know issues and, and some of the problem solving that you ended up doing, and, and really ultimately what led you to to you know to be an entrepreneur and and, and an innovator and start your own your own Ferrari workshop.
2: Sure. I mean, yeah, and it's definitely probably not so linear in some some capacity right at at Nike, I would say um when we were there uh we were well, while we were working together at Nike at least we were uh heavily focused actually on basketball, uh believe it or not, so um of course, running was around us and and running is part of the culture there, so you see it but but we were heavily focused at that time on basketball, and then um at Puma we, again, we were focused on a lot of different things. Um, you know, I will say that I was uh, uh, fortunate enough to work on a, um, quite a few spike projects for, you know, uh, all the way up to, all the way up to Bolt. So, you know, working on the, the spikes for the, you know, the, the world's fastest man was, uh, you know, quite, quite interesting and, and learned a lot um, through that process, um, not only from the project, but from the teams working on it. And then, um, you know, at Under Armour, we, you know, again, we were working on a a broad spectrum of product, but running um, became a a real focus um, for us, but uh, of the company as well, both on the innovation and on the inline side. So I would say that out of everything, we probably spent the most time I would say on running products. Is that that
0: fair? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It was a focus at Puma at that time. They were really trying to grow that
0: run business.
2: at Under well, Armour. At Under and Armour, too, Under yeah. Armor, yeah. We, I was going to say, we kind of experienced that same thing, you know, where you, yeah. you've got mm-hmm. a brand that wants to focus and win at running. And, you know, that's a long game to play. And um, having kind of gone through it at Puma, understanding the players and the dynamics, not only with the product, because there's problem solving certainly there but there's kind of a business problem to solve when you're breaking in and running as well. You know, how are you going to do it? How are you going to differentiate what channels are you going to go through? So I think we learned a lot of that stuff, just kind of going through it uh, at different brands from different phases. Puma had a little history, so we weren't starting from nothing. Whereas Under Armour was an apparel brand trying to break in literally from nothing. So I think we learned quite a bit going through that. Um, I was a little bit, well, I was focused on the innovation side. So, you know, the learnings for me were definitely uh, pretty broad and, 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 uh, and deep in a way in terms of taking stuff through commercialization, um, you know, getting new technologies, new things in line at a company that hadn't had a lot of experience with it. So I think all of those learnings on, on the business side, on the athlete side, on the design and problem solving side, you know, they've all proven to be really uh valuable lessons for us as we Mm -hmm. have gone through this and continue to be really yeah you know and um i i I would say in addition to that there's just the network of people that you you meet along the way the people you learn from the people you stay in touch with and circle back in your life and, and help and support you through something like this so you know that's something we can't kind of deny the power of as well that we're you know that's important to how we're operating now. We're really collaborators at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. And you you build on sort of there's that key dimensions. There's a the industry part and then there's the customer part of this. And I think over whatever this 20 years, you know, certainly Dave probably has a better sense of the evolution because he pushes it so hard of what that shoe does to your foot and your running capability. But you have to have a consumer who gets smart enough to understand the differences, right? Because for sure. You, know, you don't know what a $50, $100, $200 shoe will talk a little bit about your price point. But you got to first understand what you can get out of a, a trail shoe or a road shoe. Um, how have you seen both the customer knowledge evolve as well as sort of what do you think the responsibility of the industry is that to teach people to know the difference between a zero drop and five millimeter drop or lugs and the different stitching and or last that you put in all of that, like, cause if there isn't a the knowledge, right, what happens is we stall. So how have you guys seen that evolve and develop and what role will you play in that going forward?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. I think we're almost the antithesis of trends, you know, as, as you're asking that, I, you know, we talk a lot um, and the industry talks a lot about, you know, the minimalism to the maximalism to the, you know, all the, the cyclical, five to seven year trends Uh, right now we're in an energy cycle, I guess you would say. Um, But, you know, I, at least our approach (laughs) was more like, let's make the best of the best um, and not compromise on anything um, and specifically target it towards trail. Um, So I I have to say that I don't think we were really looking at, you know, I guess trail is, is becoming a uh, interest or trend more lately, you know, just the outdoors in general, but that really wasn't our objective, our objective was like, we have a passion for the outdoors and trail and we just want to build the best of the best and build it. Like it's a, you know, we have other things in our life, like mountain bikes and skis and other pieces of equipment. And we're like, what if we could just build shoes, like equipment and take that methodology and just stop compromising because really all brands compromise um, because they're trying to hit an F O B. Um, and so we're just like, what if we just take that out of the equation what 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 would we create and uh you know that's that's the start i guess that's the start of the the macro thinking of
0: speedland
1: yeah so when it comes to you know kind of you know picking apart all the little aspects all the little aspects all the big aspects that all put together create 2% more efficiency here a little bit more of a, a you know heel to toe here forefoot you know the transverse uh, arch you know doing what it needs to do and then you know the, the failure of the body at a certain point when it comes to fatigue and all that stuff put together what would you say that Speedland is focusing on the most and i know i'm know I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here and saying okay give me give me the one magic bullet right but would you say it's comfort or would you say it's you know, the towing off or the heel drop or the, or the, the carbon plate, you know, I think that we've had a lot of discussions in the last, you know, many years about, you know, the importance of the carbon plate when it comes to anybody who's really wanting to for high high performance these days. But is there any one item that you're like, you know what, the rest of the market is missing something here. And I think this is it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I
2: mean, that's a tough one to distill down because I mean, I think mm-hmm. we've looked, we kind of broke it down more into the performance aspects that are in a shoe, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. fit and traction and cushioning and propulsion protection. And so, you know, as we looked at it, those were each different problems to solve. They're all important in different ways and and to different degrees, depending on the day, right? If you're on a, a buff gravel road, protection yeah. might not be that important to you at that particular time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what mm-hmm. switch to a different shoe. And I think we, we tried to look at all those and, and that's to some degree where we came to this idea of being able to tune the shoe because it is so variable. I mean, trail is so different from running where, okay, it, measuring a 4% improvement in efficiency is, a, I won't say straightforward because the biomechanics in that are, are complicated, but it's relatively easy to study because it's a, it's a repetitive motion in a linear fashion and you can't study that the trail is not that way. And so what's the inclination you're going to use? And is it a flat ground or are there obstacles and is it wet or dry mud or sand? And, you know, so many different things. So, you know, the ability we just felt it became obvious that what's missing is that ability to, to tune the shoe. And when we look at high performance in other spaces, whether it's cars, you know, formula one or, or rally car, take your pick. They look the same every weekend, but their setups are vastly different based on the course and the conditions for the day. That type of thinking, we, we didn't see anywhere in trail, yet it's, it made total sense to us. And when we started talking to athletes and started, you know, kind of feeling this idea out, it was like, yeah, this, this makes sense. And so we think we're onto that. We've had, you know, some validation, I guess, just thinking – can work um, with our with our own athletes, the idea of tuning the shoe, tuning traction, tuning um, propulsion, um, it, it can work, and, and we've seen it work, so, so we really believe in it, and we know that education portion takes time, you know, ultimately, look at what happened with some of the minimalism, right, there were some injuries, there were people who didn't understand, hey, I can't just, if I can run 10 miles, I can just go run 10 miles in these minimal shoes, like, it didn't quite work like that education lagged way behind and and in some cases too far behind so you know we want to offer these ideas of hey we can tune the stiffness and you can trim the lugs but people don't have to do anything you can take it out of the box and go for a run and you're going to have a good experience but for those Mm -hmm. that want to tinker those who understand this this equipment idea you know people who get into their ski boots and adjust the cans or you know who who go to a fitting and get their cycling shoes just right like nobody else offers anything close to what we're doing in that regard. And, and so we think that consumer will, will find us. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we'd often find that when we asked, you know, various athletes um, at all levels, we'd say, Oh, well, what trail sheet do you like? What do you run in? They'd say, tra- they, you know, give an example and like, but they say, ah, but you know, I wish the traction was better or, ah, but mm-hmm. I wish it had more cushioning. Um, and you know it's kind of one of those things where we kept talking to each other and we're like, doesn't seem like one trail shoe is offering, you know, no compromise on every everything. So like it seems like you know, white space for us. So <laughs> and, and the things that the athletes are doing in trail are pretty amazing, especially like, at, the ultra, ultra, at the, the ultra things level. that you guys yeah. have done and and others, you know, it inspires us. And we think if there's an athlete out there, you know, the road, the road racers have it, you know, they have their Ferrari we didn't really see the same thing on trail and that's not bagging on there's some good shoes and if that shoe works for you that's great we just saw the opportunity to create something better and and uh and and for that athlete who you know we're we're well into the aggregation of marginal gains right you know so we understand the price point is much higher but when you put the best of the best at every place that you can it, it costs something and and so we know that that is going to shock some people and and maybe it's not right for for some people but for others i think they're going to relish in this opportunity to finally be able to to get the shoe exactly as they need it for a certain race or where they live or how they run
0: yeah you know it's interesting because sometimes when you can step up you know in the past right a lot of the best was only available to elite athletes right you know like The origination of really the best road bikes in the world never had a trickle down initially. We couldn't even buy them, even if we could appreciate it. And then we started seeing them come into the market. And the first time you got on one, you were like, oh, oh, I see the difference. Like, now I understand. Yeah, (laughs) It'll be interesting with your shoe in that regard, because then... Others haven't had this experience and they're like, oh, wow, you know, I've been compromising. So part of I imagine what you have to do is to both get enough trial, you know, so people can experience it and then share, which makes the curiosity. And we do like to copy each other in sport, you know, because we learn from each other um, how are you thinking about sort of, I mean, you guys just launched if I got it right a couple of weeks ago, right? And that's right. So, right. So now you're, you're sort of out of, you know, out of the box. Everyone knows you're here, but <laughs> what uh, what are you thinking about in terms of bringing the shoe into the sport and getting people to know and understand it so we can experience it? And cause we're excited to have you on because this is innovation. Like this is the next level for all of us. And that shoe touches the ground every time, you know, that is the difference maker. Uh, And we all know that probably one degree has us falling or going forward. So um, give us a little bit of thought.
2: It's important. I mean, I think your earlier question, we, in a way, what we want to do is vanish. You know, we don't want our athletes thinking about the shoe, right? If you're thinking about it, it's usually because something's wrong or you're worried about something being wrong. And so kind of the best compliment we, we hope to have is that they didn't have to think about the shoe. They put them on and the confidence is there. They know what it can do and it's always going to be there for them. So that's, you know, that's important. And I think we want to, we want to speak through the athletes. You know, we, we're going to tell our story where we can and where it makes sense, but what we want is our athletes talking about the shoe and, and what it does for them. And, you know, we've, we've, been working with some some great athletes don reichelt and, and liz canty and liam longstale and, and others and we we want them and their input to, to be heard through this we want them to be the voices talking about that and you know that's not necessarily just race results either you know great if somebody finishes well we want that too but um there's so much about the community and just the power of being able to kind of talk about our mission and and make sure it's getting out there in the right way know, yeah. so mm-hmm. you know we uh, we want it to be through that through the lens uh, of the athlete, yeah, super authentic. I mean, the shoe has to perform at the highest level, right? Yeah. And on on mm-hmm. you know the, the highest elites, and honestly, if it doesn't, we don't really need to have a company. We don't need to be here. Yeah, <laughs> like it's that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much that simple. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're, this is definitely a passion of ours, and and we are we have to be like the tightest company, at least from the CEO side, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to athletes of all time. I mean, we're we're texting back and forth all the time. We're seeing our athletes all the time. Um, it's, it's really just a very, uh, I would say easy relationship. And if it isn't, that might actually not be the right athlete fit for us. Um, because that's the, the kind of culture that we're trying to have at Speedland is a very like fluid and, uh, fail fast. If you have to fail, you know, type of thing, like tell us if there's bad news, we want to hear it because we need to actually improve, fix, um, you know, so you can win your, win your race, whatever, whatever that is. So yeah, it's, it's very like, you know, I would say we're just very transparent. We're super authentic and we want to work with people that are like that. And That's, we're, you know, we're, we went to Western where we, we just got back and, you know, we're getting out there and talking to people. It's, it's a, I guess you'd say grassroots, but to us, it's just kind of the, the natural thing to do is to get out there and talk to people and, you know, people are interested, like, like you guys are, are asking the right questions. And so to be able to have some face-to-face now, again, it's so great. The energy there was just amazing. So, yeah. you know, we were, we were talking to people and, and anyone interested, we weren't selling anything, but we were yeah. you know happy to have conversations and we'll be doing that all summer. And, you know, we've got an athlete at Leadville, so we'll be there. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's another way that we're just, we're going to be out there a part of the community. And we talked to everybody that's again like yeah we we don't hold anything fresh so we'll talk to other brands we talk to other designers other developers you know and and i guess what how we see it is like what we're doing is um you know very very niche i guess but um it's good for the it's good for just trail community in general right we're trying to put more innovation in and we see a lot of brands that respect that and are interested and like want to talk to us about it you know so it's an interesting um thing where you know typically a lot of times in this industry things can be really I would say competitive Mm -hmm. (laughs) but with a lot of the brands we're actually seeing the opposite where they just want to collaborate and talk Mm -hmm. to us and and just have a good conversation and that's great I mean that's that's we're kind of open to that so it's been really healthy
1: and maybe and maybe that's also in part you know that it's the trail running community and maybe not the road running community um you know I see you know yeah it's, it's highly competitive but yet you know, we've we talked to Courtney DeWalter um, on the show here and, you know, she's you know, just amazed that, you know, during trail races, if she falls over, somebody stops and picks her up um, and that, you know, they're not jumping over to to get to the finish line first. It's really quite, quite cool. And so you also see countless runners um, using different products, uh, different shoes um, with very different results. Um, some are looking at longevity and, and, you know, you look at Joe, uh, Joe Fija's running six days in the dome um, and, you know, look at his, uh, his, his shoes and, and, and how, you know, that guy can, you know, continue running for six days. I mean, that's, that's, that's just a beautiful thing to say, Oh, Hey, well, how do your feet hold up? That's just brilliant. But then, you know, Jim Walmsley running super fast, a uh, hundred mile. And now of course the, all you know, the, 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 uh, the Olympic trials and all the, the speed, demons out there, you know, pushing the paces when it comes to, you know, finding those products. So, so when it comes to finding those athletes that would specifically speak to, to your products, um, you know, would you have to, would you say that they're generally curious or more of like the tinkering types, more of the, the nerdy, you know, sorry, not to, you know, but you know, the, the guys who, who just generally want to um, kind of nerd out a little bit about, uh, about, about product in their sport.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess on, on a, you know, macro level, I would say we talk to a lot of different types of athletes and people. So we kind of talk to everybody, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say based off what the product is about and based off our passions and background, we do tend to, I would say talk further often with people that are, and I don't know if gearhead is the right word, but people that are into, mm-hmm. into tuning the product, and, and curious, like you said, they might not um, they might not go as far as we would go as far as tuning it um, or trying something, but they're definitely interested. And they definitely, without us explaining much, I would say, have a very good understanding of what the company stands for, what it's about, and how it can fit into their life in some yeah. way. Um, yeah. And if, if we can get components and the pieces in front of people you know they're either going to respond to that you know the way the carbon works asymmetrically like that's going to resonate and they're going to kind of click that oh i see why it works that way um, or it's not you know and then they're going to if it doesn't then they just got to try it you know because there's a perception or a kind of a trepidation i would say right now about carbon in trails like okay mm-hmm. who's just throwing another carbon plate in a trail shoe from from a road-based technology and you know this this carbotex material we're using is really something special And once you can hold it feel it and i would say the same thing for the the feel of the P-backs. And once you can get that under your foot you know yeah. it's it's a it's a sensation you know and mm-hmm. i would say this i would say the same thing for the double boa you know we're yeah. using kind of a special li2 boa that's used on um you know some high-end cycling shoes like s works and some different things and and the the way it can the way it fits and the way you can tighten the forefoot separately from the heel zonally um yeah honestly like usually people have you know they'll put the shoe on and they'll have some sort of other shoe with laced up on the other foot we pretty much don't have to say anything at that point once they put the shoe on and they do the, the li2 dials um it's over like we already know we you know we already know we kind of have them because it fits so much better than the other in <laughs> the other trail shoe they have on and that's not that's just honest reaction um it happened at western it happens pretty much any athlete meeting we have where you get just a, it fits like a glove but you can still tune how tight you want that glove or how loose so it's uh and, and using two came from the insights from the athletes again you know they you guys know it that your feet change over the course of that race and depending on how hot or wet and so being able to stop and change that quickly not unlace the whole thing and go to my forefoot and then top or whatever it's just hey i can now do my four-foot forefoot midfoot click back or forward and, and yeah. heal separately so you know that's something that dave and i experienced at big brands where you just you'd get costed out immediately like oh you can barely afford one based on everything else and and you definitely and, can't afford the forward and back you can't one. and you can't afford the top one so if you know even in kind of leadership position that big companies those those kind of projects like trail is isn't big enough for, for those brands yeah no. for us like that's all we're doing that's all we care about and you know this is a, a bit of an experiment you know we don't know how the market's going to handle this price point exactly we believe the solutions and the, the concept are 100 right and we'll just have to see if people are willing to pay for it and if we can deliver on that promise but you know, we, we feel good about it. And again, being very athlete centric, that's not Dave and I sitting in our room and convincing ourselves, you know, we're, we're putting it out there on people and letting them tell us that it's, that it's ready. Um, People who are, you know, elite athletes, not, not again, our friends and neighbors. So (laughs) that's, that's, um, that's the kind of relationships that we want to build with our athletes and and with anybody associated with the company, you know, there's a certain trust and, and kind of, uh, yeah fight like family, but uh sit around and, and enjoy a beer at the end of it. Yeah. If if any any athlete that we work with, you know, if they're gonna talk about the product, they better believe in it a hundred percent. Otherwise, you know, that we can we can go our separate ways. It's it's kind of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's we, it's definitely learned- it's not about a paycheck.
0: Yeah. So. No, no, no. We learned though in the outdoor industry over time that gore, gore Tex was worth the money,
1: you know. So mm-hmm. Yeah
0: if we found the performance like, oh, it actually is waterproof and it does breathe, then I'll spend the money because I'm in conditions that benefit me from that. So, so I do think it can evolve into that, just my opinion. What would be fun is if you guys could describe a little bit about the components of the shoe, you know, cause there's a lot of pieces that most people think it's just a shoe, a running shoe and there you yeah. go. But tell us about the pieces, some of what you designed into it, some of the decisions, so we can learn from that as well.
2: Okay, we'll sure we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do it just like we do it with the athletes. Actually,
0: this is kind of the
2: same same setup. Yeah, I mean, we really <laughs> we did that the same thing for the athletes. Now I guess we don't have the the visuals. I mean, we can we can uh, try to make our descriptions start at the, start at the bottom. Yeah, like. start at the bottom. Sure. Um, so the outsole is you know a partnership with Michelin. We've uh, had great experience with Michelin in the past. They have a wide selection of compounds, which, you know, getting back to our storytelling later is important. You know, and I think offering different compounds based on what story or what problem we're trying to solve, which region of the world, was important to us. And they had two technologies from mountain bike tires that we wanted to utilize uh, in running. Uh, so the thin web rubber is one of them. We noticed how thin a sidewall of a mountain bike tire is it's just over a millimeter thin and we, we, we always have had the issue in footwear where rubber has to be over two millimeters thick or they can't tear it out of the mold and so they they were able to fabric reinforce the whole web and, and allow us to take it much thinner which allowed us to wrap up the sidewall and really act as a chassis so kind of you know everything is encapsulated and connected to this outsole light and strong light and strong <laughs> and then the uh the last thing is the cuttable blocks so in downhill mountain bike racing, they offer these cuttable blocks, and on the day of the race, they can trim the traction based on the conditions for that day. Has it rained overnight or is it dry? And, you know, um, and so we really like that idea and had never seen it applied in, in footwear before, this idea that, hey, if we sell it with a six-millimeter lug and you live in the Pacific Northwest, that might be great, especially in, this, in the winter season if you live in Southern California, you might want to trim those lugs in a certain pattern or trim all of them because it's more dry, but you have control of that. So that's, that was something kind of neat. And then we added drainage holes in a similar fashion. So you can trim those as well. If you're in and out of water a lot, you can really make the water evacuate quickly. So, you know, that's the outsole and, and two kind of new technologies within that idea. Yeah. And I, before we go to the next one, I would just say that our elites, you know, um, you can really get even more specific, right. And tune it for a race. And so we can take the same outsole or same shoe in general, we can get into other parts, but on the outsole side. And, you know, we had a, <clears throat> we had one of our elites win a 50 K on the salt flats. Um, and he will take the same shoe and run Leadville with it. It'll just be mm. tuned. It'll just be tuned. And so while everybody else is running in a road shoe, you know, some sort of carbon road shoe on the salt flats or, something where you might not need a trail shoe, he's running in a trail shoe, but he's tuned it to almost be kind of like a gravel shoe. Okay. So um, mm. it's just, just unique in that sense. And he won the race. So, you know, that was good. Yeah, that was good. good but, but so that's, that's kind of the outsole, a couple, you know, never been done's or, or newer things to footwear in that within that we sit, what we call the lower midsole. So it's a relatively thin about six millimeters of, of high rebound EVA. It really allows the lugs to deflect independently and kind of absorbs the initial hits uh, on the trail, Um, minimal light. And then uh, the upper is is glued in on top of that. We mentioned, you know, we've got the dual LI2 dials, so zonal control. We worked really closely with BOA on this um, Perform Fit Wrap system. It's kind of a three straps, all independent, really uh, allows the LI2 dials to, to be optimized in terms of the fit. And underneath those is a booty, part of which is a Dyneema knit. So we're using a Dyneema, which is super light, very strong, high abrasion material. So no fraying in that knit, very strong, but still stretchy enough to accommodate different foot shapes. And then we've got a pretty open ripstop uh, polyester mesh in the rest of it. Um, Connecting the upper to the chassis or that outsole, because it does wrap up all the way around, has a different look we went with the Dyneema stitch, moccasin stitch all the way around. So this was really, um, you know, something new again. We love the connection sort of moccasins being the original trail shoes, but also just using this this high tenacity fiber, you know, it's the most abrasion resistant material. We know it's stronger than steel for a given weight. And so it just, you know, it's a nice look, but it really emphasizes, you know, the durability and that we're, we're trying to up the quality everything we can do and and we can use less glue which yeah. is a big thing too glue glue is kind of your enemy in some ways uh with shoes and we're using very minimal amounts of glue on this um
1: uh, for different di- life
2: for different reasons yeah. yeah and one of those reasons is end of life it's very our the slpdx is very easy to break it down end of life and, and recycle it um we can get into that later if we want but keep going with the parts. Yeah. (laughs) So that was, that was another reason for that, that and stitch. So, you know, again, things are kind of multifunctional in this case. So the the higher sidewall of the the rubber kind of protects the lower part of the shoe, whereas usually you'd have exposed foam that, you know, abrades not as well as rubber. And the rubber also offers a little bit of stability around the sidewall. So we can, um, you know, still have a pretty soft foam inside, but without feeling unstable, all things we felt were Super critical for a trail shoe. So it's a new way of approaching a lot of this stuff really ground up. So, you know, to come back to that, that's kind of the upper composition. And then inside the upper drops in a, an internal midsole. So it's, it's a supercritical PVAX foam. It's a new formulation. And what's, it's different from what you find on, say, a Nike road shoe or something in, in, in terms of its process. So we see much better compression set. It means it's a longer-lasting PVAX foam. It's still very energy, high energy return foam, but it's, um, and and lightweight, but it's much longer lasting. And now that it's encased in the upper, you know, it's, it's protected as well. So, you know, make fewer, make them better. is definitely part of our philosophy. (laughs) And this was kind of how we could make that feedbacks last even longer. And so then the unique thing, I guess, is the plate. The plate. Yeah. And so then the, the carbon plate, um, from Carbatex. Um, there's a there's a few unique things. One, it's a unique plate in general because it it has asymmetrical uh flex. Basically, it's stiff in one direction, flexible in the other, which is great for the trail when you think about it, because you can get the push off you need, say on a you know, on any situation, say you're going up a hill or whatever. Um, but when you need that ground feel, it's gonna flex the other way for you. So it's almost like it was designed for the trail in that sense. But beyond that, um, it's removable. So, uh, it secures in the, in the heel and with a half turn, you can take it out if you want. Um, and it registers into the bottom of the P back. So, um, you know, to our knowledge, another thing that's never been done before. And, um, you know, I guess in some ways who cares if it's never been done before, right? What does that matter? But in this case, what's really cool is we can change, you know, that, that plate being able to in and out all of a sudden we can hyper tune it, you know, for, different terrains, different races, um, you know, going back to that salt flats comment, um, the, the plate that was used for the salt flats can be different than the plate that might be used at Leadville.
0: Mm -hmm. So you can start
2: to, you can, you can just start to really treat this like equipment, um, especially at the elite level, but, you know, ultimately, you know, future vision, um, maybe for everybody as well. So Yeah, I mean, part of that education piece comes into play again, like once people maybe understand what, you know, a a 40 asker (laughs) C hardness means versus a 45 versus 55, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people, most people won't know, if you said soft, medium, hard, that might be a way to do it. But we'd love to be able to offer a menu, right? Here's three stiffnesses of plates and a couple different Mm -hmm. materials. Here's some midsole choices and let people put their own together. That's going to, it'll take us a little while to get there, you know, if, if we get there. I mean, yeah. first we have to see what, what the consumer wants more of. And, and then we have to, you know, be careful in terms of how we offer it and make sure we can deliver a good experience when we do something like that. So, you know, we're, we're trying to future-proof the, the business and, and make sure we can really be smart with what we offer consumers, but we, we got to make sure that, you know, they want it and we, that performance comes first. That's what, you know, we're going to focus on. We don't want it to become confusing uh, mm-hmm. to the point where people will get intimidated by it. You know? Yeah. So that's why we saying, you know, run it out of the box, see how it feels. If the lugs are too long for where you live. Start trimming them slowly. Trim a couple at a time, see how it feels and, and work your way down. And we're offering some tutorials and, you know, sort of a user's guide and some videos to, to help people through it. And we hope that that community kind of spreads that, yeah. hey. Hey, our athlete in the Southeast is trimming lugs like this. You should try it if you live there. Or, you know, Dawn in, in Colorado tends to cut like this in the winter. You know, things like that will, will help. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to doing that deep dive and really getting
1: into that. Yeah, and let, let's go on about that education piece for a second. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of runners have a lot of questions. And maybe the two of you are exactly the two guys to, to help us better understand this, this carbon plate. Uh, business. I mean, I went out with friends a couple years ago, and we were doing Yasso eight hundreds. And I know what you're thinking: What's a 24 hour runner doing Yasso eight hundreds? But speed work has its place in everywhere, and everything. And they're terrible and horrible, but everybody needs to do them. And um, he ended up having one of the. You know, I'm terrible with the, the, the Nike products. I, I, I don't know exactly the shoe that, that he ended up having with the carbon plate, but he had the same size shoes as me. And he said, you know what, for one of your eight, uh, 800s, wear it and tell me what you think. And so I did a whole bunch of 800s and then I wore uh, one of his and it was remarkable. Uh, it, it, it felt like there was a hand on your back and, and my time and my effort, my effort was a lot easier. My time was a lot better. And, you know, I got thinking, oh, my goodness, like, you know, I'm a fool for not using carbon. But then on the other hand, you know, a lot of my friends have said, you know, if you're running 100 miles plus, you know, and you're, you're, you're pulling back your pace from that, you know, certain minute per kilometer, I'm Canadian, uh, to a certain minute per kilometer, and you're, you're really dialing back your pace, you know, there, it does, the carbon doesn't really help you the slower you go. Do you what do you guys' thoughts on that about the carbon plate? And is is it really is a carbon plate really only for the super fast people?
2: I don't think it's only for the super fast. I mean, I think if you're if you're pretty fast, you're still gonna benefit from it. You probably just won't get as as large of a benefit. I think it kind of tapers off. And frankly, I think if you're a heel striker, it might actually be a, a negative. I mean, if mm. If I'm honest, I, it might not be, but it's not—it's not helping you very much. I mean, it's not a—it's a shoe that's designed around midfoot and forefoot striking people. You know, at a certain pace, you have to do that. So, I—I yeah. I think mm-hmm. what you can't—what you can't deny—and and let's let's level set this for a second. That we're talking about road shoes road, right yes. now, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think we can get into trail and carbon in a second, but um, when you're talking about road shoes, and you know, let's—we can say the four percent or the next percent, and then you know, every company has. At this point they're uh, a, version. a version of it um and i just say like what's undeniable is the minute you put it on i don't care if you're slow fast you run you don't run you think that shoes fast because <laughs> you feel <laughs> it. and it's not just yeah. the carbon plate you feel the the foam that's being used it's the system right and um so i don't think we should discount that that mm-hmm. you know in mentally you actually just feel faster when you, when you put some of these, you know, super shoes on. Right. Couldn't agree more. And, yeah. yeah. You know, and if you, you feel faster, maybe you are faster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, I don't think either one of us, you know, can really, you know, I think there's so many white papers going on right now about it. And, and either one, neither Kevin or me would, you know, probably go out and say, you know, this, the exact science about a carbon shoe because there's so many contrary well, we're not, things going on. We're not now. the experts. We're yeah. not biomechanics. Biomechanics, we haven't, you know, studied it to, to that degree, but we do read all that stuff. And it is undeniable that there's, you know, an advantage to that. And I don't know that the kind of how fast you have to run and what benefit, but it just, you know, tends to make sense that yeah. as it's designed for that fast runner. It's designed to give him two hours. So, you know, there's a pace that mm-hmm. comes with it. And, and Mm -hmm. so if you think about it, it makes sense. Um, but what isn't as studied is, you know, variable terrain and, and on trail. So what we're trying to do is take what we know and apply the problem solving to the trail. So the same carbon and foam system isn't doesn't work in the trail the same way it does on the road and we tried it you know (laughs) you watch our speed hack and our, our little show on youtube we we tried a lot of different stuff over the past year and hacking things together and trying different things and it's risky running that super stiff system with the soft high return foam on the trail you know if it's buff it's okay as, soon as you're off camera I mean, they're highly unstable shoes right those road right. shoes i mean and that's fine when you're going in a linear path on a flat road yeah. um but even on a flat road you, you kind of know that these are not stable
0: shoes yeah the crowns yeah. and the corners <laughs>
2: are you know a little dicey but you'll trade it because you, know, yeah. you make it up but on the trail you can't afford to, to do that you know yeah. you're not going to feel fast mm-hmm. if you're unstable and that's where adapting mm-hmm. and finding a different backs and finding a, a, a carbon that made sense and, and solved the problem for a trail runner was super important and carbon checks, you know, it costs more because it's a you know, new, it's a new thing, a patented system, the, the way they make this stuff. So they're the only ones who can make carbon like that. And, you know, we're, we're bringing it to trail because we think it's the perfect solution and the athletes have confirmed that. So, you know, we're just take, trying to take that systematic approach where everything we look at is through the lens of a trail athlete. And is this going to help them be better, feel more comfortable? that shoe kind of disappear in the background then we're going to try it and um yeah so that's that's
0: i think that if you uh if you think about a system right the system isn't any of the pieces it's all of them together right and so that's the Mm -hmm. idea i would think that you guys really tried to you know you get in a I don't know, a Ferrari or a Porsche, you, you don't know if it's the brakes, the engine, the tuning, whatever. You just know it's the system that's working, right? And that's what yeah. I think you guys have done. I mean, if you look at your shoe, it actually, you know, the top of it almost looks a little bit like a climbing shoe. It's got this mm-hmm. you know, really interesting, you know, closure system. Then it looks one side like a bicycle shoe. And then it looks like wow. another is like a running shoe. And you brought all, what, and in every one of those instances, what you find is that the better you get the more that that technology works in your favor you know like i climbed for a long time and you just had to get a better shoe over time because you couldn't climb any better without it yeah. you know and i do think that the running uh is the same thing it's like you know we put 400 shoes on ourselves and we ride a bike and our foot doesn't even go anywhere you know? but yeah, yeah. Right. And to maximize that power transfer, that's what you learn to believe. And so, um, but if you have a little bit of movement in your foot, you're losing all that power. And I think that uh, all of us know on the trail that there's a lot of sort of imprecision, but the better that that foot feels hitting it, the better you're going to be. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those where I think there's a lot of public curiosity, like, oh, wow, you put this all together for me, all the good pieces from something else. I that's kind of, know. I mean,
2: that's how we think. Yeah. I mean, we look at things around us and it, and beyond just running. And I think you kind of nailed it with that comment. Cause there's certain things like fit that, you know, we talk about a lot, but we look at other industries to see how they solve that. And, you know, the cycling high end cycling shoes was, you know, for us, what you just said, where the power transfer is so important. And we're like, why can't you bring that fit on some level to the trail? Well, yeah. And, and absolutely. And, and Boa is the partner, you know, they're, they're hugely invested in human performance. You know, they're running their their own studies and they've invested in people yeah. to the degree that they publish a, a kind of a white paper about agility with Boa closures and showing like a 2% gain in agility. And we can't claim a 2%, but we do see a connection between agility and some of the side to side movements and what happens in trail, at least compared to road. So even if it's, half of that advantage in trail. Like yeah. why wouldn't you try that again? We're in the, the steep part of the curve and the aggregation of marginal gains. So, you know, I believe Bo is a better fit system and I believe this athletes going to feel it, whether or not you believe that paper or not, it's about that sensation and that micro control. And, and, uh, we, we buy into it and, and we think that it really makes a difference at this level.
0: I have one funny question for you guys coming from the industry. So, we all buy these sneakers shoes and the laces are long enough to tie around your waist. Like why would one need a lace so long? You could never tie a foot could never be that big to use the lace. Now I understand what procurement might do in the process to get someone with something so silly. It's uh, so
2: complicated. I mean, it's just <laughs> stuff like that. Drive, it drives you nuts. It really does. The lace length, having the wrong lace length can, just kill your experience. And it's ridiculous. And it it happens all the time in the business, you know, that, I don't know, developers are filling out a hundred bombs and they miss the lace call or get the select the wrong one. And all of a sudden, you know, you got a a lace that you hate and you don't have the right one and it ruins your whole experience. So I think it's just an indication of, you know, how careful you have to be in this industry, you know, when you want to give someone a good experience, it's the whole thing down, down, right down to the lace, you know, and we're trying to obsess, all of that. Uh, Not easy when we haven't been able to get over to Asia, you know, typically we'd, we'd have been there, I don't know, three or four times, probably Mm -hmm. Uh, we haven't been able to go. And so, you know, for guys like us who really love the face to face and want to work that way, it's, it's been difficult. Uh, So, so, you know, we're, we're happy with where we are. You can always be better, but we're, we're, uh, we're up for the, the challenge. I think.
0: How did you pick the color of the shoe, the green one? That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's a
2: couple of there's a couple. Yeah, I guess guess we could start with the Michelin Wild Wild Ripper, right? That's right. The Wild Ripper. (laughs) If if anyone who remembers mountain biking in its early heydays, uh, Michelin made a statement with that color, all green, on their Wild Ripper tires. That was pretty successful. And working with Michelin, we felt like, hey, let's let's look at that color. And they had a certain Pantone that they they chose and we loved the way it looked as we were developing. uh, We actually switched more toward it, I would say, because it contrasted so well with the the forest here, the color, even dirty, we like it. So, um, you know, and we wanted to do something that was going to be recognizable. As a new brand, you know, you don't want to necessarily throw out a a black shoe that looks like everything else from, from afar. So, you know, there's a little bit of trying to you know do something fresh uh certainly a direct connection to, to michelin and then just being inspired by kind of the outdoors here yeah i mean nice. i would say it's a color actually that you see i know it's quite bright but you know when you when you run the trails out here you, you quite see it all over the bark um it's yeah. it's kind of a common yeah. color actually you just see it more like as a camouflage you don't see it as a as a solid so it isn't it is a color that you see in nature out here and one of our slogans is run with the land. So uh, the, land, the land is quite important to us in general um, on, on all levels. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's kind of how the color came to be. So it came from a few different angles, I guess.
0: Yeah, the Bianchi bike was a beautiful. green, And route. that as well. That's, that's <laughs> Celeste
2: Green, yes. I mean, I, I lusted
0: after that bike <laughs>
2: so badly. Um, oh. So there's, there's certainly cycling. I mean, we, we love bikes and we like that industry too. So, we're inspired by it. Um, I would say we didn't directly talk about that Bianchi, but it has yeah. come up. And it certainly, we, have to, we have talked we about talked it, about but it. it wasn't why we chose the color. Yet. <laughs> yeah. it's
1: funny. Yeah. And I, and I love the, the color choices with the trail world. I mean, you look at Solomon's shoes and they're, they're tra- trademark red, right? You see the red and you think, think Solomon, right? Um, so, you know, a question I have for you guys is, is like, what when it comes to trails, there's, there's, there's such a wide world out there these days of trails you know road is easy it's the road marathon or the 10k um you know that you know that's 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 you know what uh, the, the technicians and the scientists would, would focus on right everybody in the world right now is focused with the sub two hour marathon but in 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 trail i mean you got cross country you got um you know the 50 mile trail world championships those, those distances, you have 100 mile Really brutal uh, courses like like Leadville and, and Hard Rock and on and so forth. But then even have like Bigs Backyard where you know it's running trail every hour until until there's one person left standing. So you know it, I, I mean I mean you, you're gonna have to focus on maybe you know one or two specifics. But I mean, is there any one um, you know you know sport within the sport that you're you know focusing on shorter distance kind of ten k twenty k 5k trails or are you guys really also as well too focused on the bigs you know see who gets 100 hours first
0: yeah
2: i mean i would say that we're more focused on the the longer i I would say the ultras the ultras yeah the the 50 50. 50k to 100 milers i mean when you get into multi-day stuff that's kind of a different deal you know we hope to be in that selection but we also recognize you know we're a single shoe and if you're doing this for multi-days you're probably going to have a few shoes so that's a little different deal in a way, but I, I think, you know, the athletes we're working with are in that zone the 50 K's to to hundred milers. And we some, think some, we go, shoe, some go longer. Some, they go longer, <laughs> but I would say that's kind of what, where we hope to, to resonate. Yeah. You know, the ability to tune your shoe for a particular course, we think matters in that zone.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, mm-hmm. we've seen good growth. You know, the sport mm-hmm. is definitely pretty healthy. We love some of the synergies that we're seeing in Portland, with other people, uh, who are really passionate about this sport. And, and we want to, you know, kind of to whatever extent, put our arms around everybody who's adjacent to us and then trying to elevate the sport and and do, do right by the athletes and, you know, the potential for the sport. It was, you know, inspirational again, to be at Western and just see kind of the the live broadcast going on and getting a, you know, a lot of excitement around it racing again. You know, we, we want to, we want to be a part of that. You
1: know yeah, and it is yeah it is such a growing sport, you know the the 50 mile 100 mile trail running community and you know it, there's no question if um, you know if somebody's performing at a high level and they're not having foot hip ankle issues, um, a lot of it can be can be granted to you know to solid footwear and so yeah I, I agree if somebody's gonna be successful in the, in that world they've got their their footwear dialed in so i I, I think that's a great choice. Mm -hmm.
0: before we end up losing you guys um you did make a couple of comments about sustainability and i think that's a Mm -hmm. topic to us and to the world more broadly you wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind telling us a little bit about your thoughts as you sort of craft the shoe and how the company thinks about sustainability
2: yeah i I, maybe there's two things to talk about there i mean on the shoe side um the shoe you know like like we said it's made with quite a bit less adhesive than say maybe other shoes out there. And what that allows us to do is deconstruct the, the shoe quite easily at the end of life, whenever that, you know, is set to be, you know, some people might say it's, you know, at 450 miles, some people might say it's at 700 miles, you know, that that's kind of depending on the user, but the point is, is we will, uh, we will take that and take it back at the end of life and deconstruct it and recycle it you know accordingly because these different parts that have to go into uh you can't put it all just in a you know recycle bin it has to be uh separated so uh the shoe is is set up for that quite well from the start um that's always been a point of conversation and again i think it's important that you know we're collaborating with our partners on on all that as well so you know, it it is important and it's important to everybody and and all of our athletes care about it and are asking us the same questions. And so, you know, Michelin, big global company, and we're going to work with them, you know, on, on how do we recycle these in the best possible way? What's the best stream for that? And, and so by being able to break the shoe down to its constituent components pretty easily, it allows us to go back and work with our suppliers again and say, Hey, what are you guys doing? You know, do we work together on this? And, Cause you know, we're pretty small. So we, we don't pretend to solve all these things right away,
0: Yeah,
2: but we wanted to make sure that the platform was, was thinking about that. So, um, I would just add that, you know, it's, it's super important to us and, and, you know, we're part of our give back is going to be to, to give 10% of our profits to our athletes and allow them to choose the outdoor foundations, the trail foundations closest to them. So, you know, the money from our profits can find its way back into the trail communities and um, let the athletes kind of speak their voice that way. So we think that's pretty unique as a, as a give back, not directly sustainability, but still important it's related kind of the values of our company. Yeah. So, you know, we're trying to make better product that lasts longer. And we're trying to think of end of life and work with our partners on, on the recyclability, upcyclability um, and, and so forth at end of life.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I can't imagine a better Segue to you know, kind of our, our final chasing tomorrow uh, question. You know, what's 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 tomorrow for you guys is as a discussion about sustainability. You know, without sustainability, there is really no tomorrow. And and uh, I, I love that uh, you, you guys, being as uh, you know, innovators and entrepreneurs, are really focusing on sustainability and and, and giving back and and, uh, and and really, hopefully, all of our listeners see that as well, too, and want to give back to, to, you know, to good groups of people and good people that are giving back as well, too. But, you know, to, to segue into that question, you know, the, we finish up every, you know, every interview with, um, you know, the question about what's you're chasing tomorrow? What's, what's next for the two of you guys, your company, personally, uh, family, you know, racing? Are you guys, are you guys uh, training to, to do any, any super cool races coming up? What's, what's next for the two of you guys?
2: Well, I mean, on the, on the, the business side, I guess I would say that we're, you know, continuing to learn from the athletes and we're just going to keep perfecting the product and, and also keep a real, you know, uh, focus on the outdoor lands and giving back to that. Cause that is, that's an equally important part of our company. So that, that, I mean, that's kind of always top of mind from the business side, from the, the personal side yeah i'm increasing my mileage all the time and i'm
1: <laughs>
2: i hope to you know kind of start running i won't say which ones but start running you know some of these longer races uh you know awesome. and t- and and testing giving the the shoe a solid test as well which we are always are testing the shoes but um it would be nice to obviously you know coming out of western it was uh you know you, you always have in the back of your head that you want to participate in some of these uh some of these ultras you know in the future so i think here. you know that that's like we said, our business and our passion overlap. Um, you know, sometimes we can't really separate them. And I think that's, in our case, a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And and I would say for, from my perspective, you know, we want to, to turn Speedland into a, you know, a, a viable brand. I think it's important for us to, you know, um, maintain these values. And and I think we're interested to see where where this is going to take us from, from that journey. We're not, we don't have like five more footwear products lined up. I can tell you that right now. Like, that's not our approach. You know, we're going to listen to our athletes. If they tell us, Hey, I'm missing this from my quiver. And if that's another shoe, we'll, we'll listen. If it's like, I I want a different hydration pack or something like that, we'll, we'll talk about it, but only if we can do uh, something that's better than what's out there. I mean, I think that's what Speedline is going to stand for is a performance product that's, you know, helping uh, athletes, do things better and so if we can't uh enter in a a way that's going to make an impact we we probably won't um and from a personal standpoint you know there's there's a lot to it there's obviously just the challenge to yourself (laughs) and building a brand and can can we do this and and stretching and learning which is you know a a great thing for personal growth i guess never want to stop learning and challenging yourself i think that's important and I think as dads, we're also trying to set examples for our kids, you know, and I was lucky enough to have a dad that started the business when I was 10 years old. And even though I didn't go into it, uh, you see what it takes and you, you just absorb a lot of things, I think from, from that being around that kind of spirit. And, you know, you hope to, I hope to offer that. I think Dave does too, to, to our kids, yep. you know, to see what it takes, see what it looks like up close, even if they doesn't seem like they're paying attention. They are. Uh, so, so, you know, win, lose or draw, I think there's value in in setting that example, uh, for our own personal edification to see if we can do this. If, if, uh, and, and so, uh, those are all really, I think important things and challenges for us in life as a parent, as a business person, as a designer, uh, new challenge and, and, uh, find out how far that talent extends.
0: Well, (laughs) We appreciate you guys. We need people like you, willing to take on these big burdens, to continue the innovation curve, and to you know, we look. We appreciate all the big companies for what they do, and but nonetheless, they started where you guys are, and we need to just keep doing that in a you know a, an ever increasing cycle because the you know this sport is at a really interesting sort of, you know, fork in the road, right? It's it's starting to broadcast its sport on television. We never thought we could watch golf for six hours. Right. We can watch, you know, on YouTube, Dylan, uh, you know, broadcast bad video of Western states. But yeah. we we're hanging on. At one point, there was at least, I saw 11,000 people connected. And, you know, of course, Walmsley with the 100K record that Hoka put up A great event. And just generally, I think the more we do this, the more we come out with innovation, the more you guys push the envelope, the more the sport will elevate. You know, what Dave and the guys and girls are going to do at uh, Biggs in October is going to be something at the outer end of the extreme. You know, we're going to see probably one of the best world championships in a race like that, maybe ever, at least for a near term. And so all of this is happening at a great time you know, we will uh, continue to check in with you guys. And of course we got connected to you through Don. When Don told me initially that, you know, he was looking at this sneaker shoe company and it was all new. And he's like, I have this opportunity to do something with the traditional guys, but I think I really want to do something innovative. And, you know, he had been working with me on another startup a while back. So I was like, oh yeah, you should do that for sure. And uh, yeah. so you got a good man uh, working with you. And uh, sort of yeah, like, for sure, thanks, for yeah, sure. Thanks, yeah.
2: thanks for pushing him towards us because he's been an absolute key for us and yeah, great athlete. And beyond that, a great guy. And he's been a wonderful collaborator for well, us. He's feedback. how
0: I met Dave because he and Dave okay. ran gigs two years ago. Okay. okay. Introduced got Dave it. to me. And so he's a good connector. But great the guy. more we do this, the more that we're, you know, uh we're out here to support guys like you because we want and need product like you but more the spirit of what you're doing because it will drive other great ideas into the future so thanks for what you're doing really appreciate it
2: well thanks for this opportunity thank you
0: thanks a lot guys we'll talk to you soon thank you okay okay dave well that was fun and different Kevin and Dave have some really interesting thoughts about trail running shoes, and it's so cool to see them bringing a new product to market. The best of all components, I guess it really is a Ferrari for our feet. I think you and I are going to have to try them and see what it's like to run in the next generation of trail shoes. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap for this week. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Performance T. You can find them on www.performancetea.com. And they've given us a discount code for any of our listeners to get 20% off their purchase. Just use Chasing20 at checkout. And we would greatly appreciate it if you could follow us on Instagram and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. As always, a huge thanks to our listeners for coming with us on this journey and chasing tomorrow with us. Thanks very much.